Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes. Oh, wow. Well, Jacob Standridge here. Standing by the show. Episode number 110. That is right here in the one. One one zeros now. How about that, folks? A little bit of binary. That's some computer humor for you all, you techies out there. Welcome back, everybody. Standing Brothers Show, episode number 110. Super excited to be back here, flying solo as per usual on these Friday episodes. So um, this is your opportunity now to turn this off and to put something else on. Um, if you do, we understand here at the show. You're not going to offend us. Um, but no, seriously, but thank you folks for, so much for checking the show out. Um, links to everything will be down in the description. Like my Twitter, you can follow me at jstandridge underscore. I recommend that follow. I'm not as posting as much as I used to on that, but, you know, I post my random thoughts and um, random uh, movie quotes and gifts and song lyrics and the occasional um, political things in nature. Um, but it's a good time over there. It's a good time over here. I thank you guys so much for checking the show out. Hopefully we can learn something. So, um, I have an update on the, on the, on the things going on here with the show and, um, not really personally with me and Joe, but I do have a cool update on something that I did promise, um, in a previous episode. Actually, it was on the Liberty Overdrive Live. It was the very first one, actually, I was announcing that we had something kind of cool cooking in the books that we were going to announce soon, hopefully, pending everything that we had to um, go through to get the approval process and to go through committees and stuff like that. But um, what I did mention on that podcast or that um, that live stream um, before, of course, YouTube decided to, to uh, nuke it was that we were working on something really, really big here in our um, local county and through the the, the um, um, Libertarian Party of the state of Georgia. And um, for the, for those of you who are friends with me on Facebook and um, Instagram, which are uh, more more private, I don't always announce things over there, but I wanted my um, immediate friends and family to know who kind of live in the same area as me um, to know that myself and Joe and the Spalding County of Georgia are now an affiliate with with the, the, the Libertarian Party of Georgia. Um, that's pretty cool. So now Spalding County is gold. That's that's awesome. Um, and I'll be serving as as the first chairman in the history of Spalding County, which is um, that's cool. I, I'm 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 a little terrified by it because I don't know what exactly all this means. I'm still learning as this goes along with the imposition means. Um, but it's exciting. Um, I'm really looking forward to to seeing what it's all about and um, will I actually. You know, make this something permanent. I have no idea. I, I would love to, um, you know, have someone else take the mantle after my term is up and and carry on the the party. I mean, of course, I would still be um, in, involved in the party, involved with the the entire celebrity movement as a whole. But it's a, it's an exciting time, and I'm excited to bring liberty to Spalding County because I really think that there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of um, opportunity here. Um, with the, the, the people that I see and the people that I um, get, the, get the chance to meet every um, every day, um, I really think that there is an opportunity here for liberty, and that's got me really excited. Um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that this podcast will be an extension to that. I'm hoping this will be kind of my way to get the message out there. Um, I'm not really the biggest people person, 
I mean, I, I do enjoy people. I enjoy people that I know. Uh, and as far as going and like meeting people and shaking hands and stuff, I get kind of wigged out. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, nothing like the biggest. Uh, just going up and talking to this random person, holding a conversation for a long period of time. It's not really my forte, so maybe this podcast might be kind of my way to do that, my way to get the message of liberty, the message of freedom out there and kind of getting the state off the people's throats. So I think that's the that's what this that's what this whole show's about. This entire show's about that. It's about informing, it's about entertaining, it's about getting the message out there. And I really think that we have an opportunity. I really think that this might be the chance. Uh, Joe is gonna be serving as the secretary. He's gonna be kind of bookkeeping. We didn't we didn't really want there to be uh chair and vice chair for both of us. We thought that was kind of weird. So Joe took a, a different position. Joe really felt that I had what it took to become chairman, which is super cool. Maybe he might be the chair, next chair. That'd be really, I'll be really awesome as well. But I don't really know. What this is all meaning. I'm still learning as I go. I'm kind of not gonna lie, kind of, kind of nervous and kind of scared because of the opportunity, uh, not the opportunity, but the responsibility this entails. That now I'm gonna have um, people in Spalding County looking up to me and, and looking for me for for leadership. And um, whenever there's like a candidate that is running for the Libertarian Party here in the state of who are here in, in, in the county of Spalding County, it's kind of my job to you know, get out there and motivate people and get people going, um, which I can always do based on this podcast. Uh, it's going to be good. I'm really excited. So that, that's the big announcement. Big announcement is Spalding County is now gold. That, that that's, that's awesome. Uh, I wasn't really able to talk about this beforehand uh, just because when you're going through the whole process, I really want you to wait until everything's finalized and announced. So I understand that. I get that. If I remember this podcast, I will be sure to actually I'm going to look at it right now. I'm going to be sure to, to link our little page into the description of this. You guys can go check it out and then you can get in contact with me. I am. Here I go. I got it right here. I'll link it on the description. I'm really trying to, I have to get all my stuff set up through the LP and get like all my stuff, but, um, you'll be the contact me there with my official, um, LP account. So be sure to go and do that. If you have any questions or you want to get in touch with me through the LP and not personal, you, you can do that as well, but I'll be sure to link that in the description. And that's kind of our a way to get in touch with us if you are in the Spalding County area and you want to, um, you got you got ideas or something we can do. I know that we're starting to do meetups and we're starting to do kind of cool things with Henry County because Henry County is really, I mean, it's right next to us and they have a pretty cool following as well. So we're really working with them and uh, maybe doing some joint things together. That'd be pretty cool. But that's the that's the agenda right now. That's what's going on right now with the Standing Brothers show. The show is not going to stop. This is still the number one priority for us. When it comes to getting the message of liberty out, this is going to be something else on top of that, a little more official. But maybe this is a great way that I can get the message out there and I can get myself out there. Because, uh, I, I mean, I have a if, – if you only knew my schedule sometimes between um, 17 credit hours of college and working full-time and everything else, it's, uh, it's not exactly – I don't get a whole lot of free time. So this podcast is something that I carve out of my – I carve – you know, several hours out of my week to go and look at stuff and listen to listen to things and kind of get ideas for the podcast. And then it takes about two or three hours to make one of these things from start to finish. So definitely dedication. This is something that I'm that I love and that will continue onwards. So that's the update. Um, it's a Libertarian Party um, spotting. <laughs> Never thought I would say that. And uh, honestly, I thought I thought that we had one, but apparently we didn't. And this has been several uh, weeks in the works. 
and it's official now so that's super cool so if you guys want to go ahead and check that out and um and then you can also i think you can join the lp georgia through the same link you can just click up there and you can click join and then i think it's like it's like a couple bucks a year and you can get joining um you can you can join the party and then you can join the national party as well but you know gotta get gotta, gotta get involved locally and do stuff like that so um super excited for that anyways moving on to the the bulk of the show today um i really got like three things i kind of wanted to talk about and two things are kind of related to covid and i know you can't be a standing brother show without talking about the 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 great modelo virus the greatest the greatest trial of the human race is this is this stupid virus um which i beat in four days so yeah the great the great um evil virus so first thing I really want to talk about, and I was, I was, I was um, driving from Atlanta today, and I put on the um, um, Dave Smith part, part of the problem. So I, so I do want to give him credit if I make similar arguments to him because, I mean, yes, I do agree with, with Dave and Robbie on that show uh, when I'm going to talk about this next um, bit. And I got a little short video of them, and I'll play. Hopefully you guys can hear it. I'm just playing it off my desktop speakers here. But what what this video of is what this video is of excuse my french there is um it was a cnn doctor i forget his name was asking about natural immunity which is of course the the big thing now and i'm glad that this is now a conversation piece as now these these medical procedures are now available through these big pharma companies and i mean anyone we have a glut of them and anybody who wants one can go get one. Now we can see the data, and now we can see everything that's going on. And the very fact that, getting a little sidetracked here, the very fact that if you were to look at um, September of last year, so September 2020, if you were to look at the deaths and the, and the infections and the hospitalizations, that they are higher, like drastically higher than they were this time last year. Well, how can that be so? We have these vaccines that are supposed to be so effective theoretically and logic would suggest and not to quote mr data from star trek but logic would suggest or not sorry that's spock my bad joe's gonna kill me now <laughs> spock would say logic would suggest that if zero percent of the population is vaccinated and of course we all know i'm using air quotes that all vaccines work that if over half of the population is inoculated, then it has to be lower. I mean, you could say it might be 50% lower because, you know, half the people who have taken this thing, are, you know, are not supposed to get sick, not supposed to die because it's 90 whatever percent effective and I'm not allowed to question that. But we don't see that. So maybe logic would suggest that something's up. Maybe something's up. And also not to mention that the um, Atlantic article that recently came out, which I'll try to find and link as well, it suggests that 50% of all hospitalizations are based, 50% of all COVID quote unquote hospitalizations are not due to them being there for COVID. It's them being there because they, as I've said for, I don't know how many episodes that people don't get this. Whenever you go to the hospital for whether it's a, whether you got a heart attack or you broke your hip or you stubbed your toe and, you're, and you need to get it repaired because you broke your toe or whatever and you test positive for COVID, you are now a COVID hospitalization. People didn't get this. People called me crazy all over. 
People that I know call me crazy for this. Said, oh, you're under, you're downplaying the virus, Jacob. Well, now we know, according to the Atlantic, that 50% of all COVID hospitalizations, that one metric that they like to throw out there, is due to them not being there for the virus, is them being there for something else that they happen to they happen to bring into the hospital and being completely asymptomatic, completely fine, or they caught it there. So maybe if you can't even get your own numbers right. Maybe you shouldn't be making public policy. Speaking of not making public policy, we have the COVID Messiah himself, Dr. Tony Anthony Fauci, being asked by some CNN doctors and, of course, Anderson Cooper in the middle, looking very concerned and puzzled and interested in this conversation. He was asked by this doctor why people who have natural immunity should be required to get the COVID vaccine or, or why just in general should they get this, right? I haven't found a good argument for that still. So I'm, I'm going to play this video. It's about a minute long, and then we're going to um, talk about it and discuss it and um, try not to rant too much because this kind of stuff gets me fired up. And just, and just real quickly, um, there was a study that came out of Israel about natural immunity. And basically, the headline was that natural immunity provides a lot of protection, even better than the vaccines alone. Um, how, what, do, what are people to make of that? So, so as we talk about vaccine mandates, there are, I get calls all the time. People say, I've already had COVID. I'm protected. And now the study says maybe even more protected than the vaccine alone. Should they also get the vaccine? How do you make the case to them? You know, that's a really good point, Sanjay. I don't have a really firm answer for you on that. That's something that we're going to have to discuss regarding the durability of the response. The one thing the paper from Israel didn't tell you is whether or not as high as the protection is with natural infection, what's the durability compared to the durability of a vaccine? So it is conceivable that you got infected, you're protected, but you may not be protected for an indefinite period of time. So I think that is something that we need to sit down and discuss seriously because you very appropriately pointed out it is an issue and there could be an argument for saying what you said. And wow. Okay, so I'm going to kind of break this break this little clip down for you guys and then we're going to talk about this. So here we go. We have the top infectious disease doctor in the world. The one we're not or made sorry, in America, not sorry, not in the world. And the man who we're all told is his words are gospel. We're not allowed to question anything that this man says. And, and public policy and vice presidents and everybody are saying, and they all trust this man, right? Kamala Harris said that if Dr. Fauci says to get the virus, then I'll get the virus. And only then. Because, you know, because, because, you know this, is, this is the whole, the whole Trump um, vaccine. But um, if, sorry. But if, but if, but if, if, um, if Fauci says to get it, then I'll get it because, you know, he's so smart and so intelligent and everything, all the sorts. But here we go. A simple question of, OK, we now have data out of Israel that would suggest that if you don't need this shot, if you've already had um, a previous infection and you have the antibodies, which most people get, which moi myself has, I got the antibodies they did the blood test and everything, and I got them. So why should I be required by my 
um, employer or by the government to go and take this shot. I'm still waiting for a good answer for that. Do you know what he says? Do you know what Dr. Fauci says whenever asked about, hey, we have data now that suggests that if you've had a previous infection, that you have better protection than these shots. Why should someone be required or why should someone get this? Well, I don't have a firm answer on that. Well, you do. You don't. Uh, you don't. Because the fact that now you have hundreds of millions of people who have caught this thing and have complete recovered. You have millions of people in the United States who have caught this thing and been completely fine and now have antibodies. And you're going to sit here and say, well, we don't have a firm answer on whether or not they should um, go and take the shot or not. Or that they should possibly lose their job or lose their rights because of the very fact that they don't have an ejection from a major, pharma a major pharmaceutical company in America. I don't have an answer for that. The fact that right now in cities in America that if you don't have this shot, you are a second class citizen because you are not allowed to participate in society. I don't have an answer for that. Well, you don't have an answer for that. You don't have an answer for the biggest question facing the facing this entire um, government and, and the public policy that is being put forth by the president of the United States suggesting that employers better start firing their jobs or they're going to be robbed at gunpoint $14,000 a person. I don't I don't have a firm answer for you on that. Hmm. That's interesting. I find that fascinating. So why is this guy in charge? Why are we listening to this guy if he doesn't have a firm answer on a fundamental question on this kind of topic? Maybe he shouldn't be allowed to go on these shows and make public policy. Or the fact that he recently said on on MSNBC that that we're working into a vaccine passport. What about a natural immunity passport? How about something like that? Have you thought about that? If you can prove that you've previously been infected, that you'd be allowed to go to a concert, go to a supermarket. No, no, we're not. We're not talking about that. He's not interested in talking about this. He's not like, well, you know, we're working on that, but I don't have a firm answer for you right now. No. Is a, is a, I don't have a firm answer for you on that, which means that he doesn't really care. They're not talking about this. They're not, they're not looking into the fact that millions of people have caught this thing and perfectly fine. I don't have an argument for you. He has no argument. This is the time right here on this show to do some kind of spin, some kind of lie about the vaccine, about people who've been previously infected. He could have come on here and said, look, if I was a lying piece of crap like him, I would have come on the show and I would have said, well, you know, we're, we're working into that, but but it's probably just better safe than sorry. No, he didn't even do that. That's what I would have done if I was in his shoes. Sorry I'm getting fired up right now, but this kind of stuff is, 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 I get fired up over this stuff because people are being affected extremely negatively because of this, because of this man, the policies that have been put forth by the suggestions of this man. And then he gets a very basic question that millions of Americans are asking right now. Myself included. Look, I'm not opposed to going and getting a medical procedure. I'm not opposed to vaccinations. But you gotta, but look, look, you gotta tell me why I should get this if I've already had antibodies, if I already have protection. You, 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 you look, you, you've gotta tell me why I should incur an even greater risk. Because there is risk to taking this. There's risk with everything. And you have not provided an answer. I'm waiting. This is this is the, this is what um this is what Thomas Massey has said. Thomas Massey caught this thing way back in like January 2020 or whatever. He was like 
he was catching COVID before it was before it before like um it was cool and in style, man. He's the OG of 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 a COVID patients. He was fine. He's still waiting. He's still waiting for people to come forth with with, with data because like he's a he's a mechanical engineer, I believe is what he is. He graduated from MIT. A brilliant guy. If you want to go watch something cool about Thomas Massey, not that I mean I, I mean not that I'm shilling for him, but he does follow me on Twitter. But he has a great documentary that he filmed about how he made his house basically um, zero um, net emissions. Like he's a, just in, in, incredibly brilliant, smart. But he's like, bring bring forth evidence. They can't. They can't. Uh, so I watch the Yankees game every single night, which is getting more and more depressing. But I still 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 dedicated fan. And New York has the most horrible propaganda. Because of course, when you, because uh, of course, I have the baseball like direct TV package or whatever, and I get to watch the the New York station, so I can watch all of of the New York ads and commercials, and you get you get commercials from the New York Health Department, and and boy, the the only evidence that I have heard or the only argument I've heard is that, well, it's just, it's just better to, they literally had a guy on there from the New York health department that said, um, that was pushing the, pushing the vaccine. And, and then he said, you know, for those who, 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 who have already caught it, we don't know the long term um, dur the, we don't know how long your antibodies will last. And then Fauci said the same thing in this, right? He said, we don't know the durability of your natural antibodies. Okay, that that's completely fair. Completely fair. Do you know we also don't know the 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 durability of the vaccines? We don't know that we don't know the durability of the vaccines. Only time will tell. Only time will tell if you if, if you take this 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 jab and then, you know, as they're saying now every 6 months you got to go take it. Is it really that effective if it, if I had to take this thing every 6 months as Israel suggests? Where after six months, your vaccine passport is going to be null and void? Is it really that effective? Is it, is it really that, that safe and effective? If every six months, I have to go take, 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 take one more? Uh, dude, I don't know. That doesn't sound really promising to me. But yes, it's true that not every vaccine is, is one and done. I, I, I get that. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. Just because it's not lifetime immunity, same thing with your antibodies. Very few antibodies that you catch. That's why some. That's why. That's why you get sick multiple, multiple times throughout your life. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that just because either or don't last forever that you shouldn't go get it. I'm, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying though is that the argument of oh we don't know how long your your natural antibodies and immunity will last, so therefore go take this vaccine. Well, I could turn right around and say hey. We don't know how long this vaccine is going to last you, so that's not an argument because it can be used for both sides. It's not an argument, dude. I saw the New York Health Department say it, and I got freaking Dr. Fauci saying it. Why is this guy given the platform that he is when he's asked a basic question about natural immunity? Look, and I know I've got it. Whenever I was, they did the whole blood test on me. And they could detect that I still had the virus partially in my system. And they could detect that I'm building strength and immunity up against it. So I have it. 
and I'm, I'm not the only one in this. Four out of my five family members all have caught it. We're all fine. We're all healthy now. And we all have protection against it. So why I'm still waiting. If someone's someone's tweet me at jstandards underscore, if you want to email the show at the standing brothers show at gmail.com. If you want to send me something, a piece of evidence that suggests that by doing by taking this jab, that I'm going to exponentially, I'm not talking like, okay, I'm gonna add five percent protection extra. No, I'm talking about exponential addition to my to my protection. I'll be happy to read it. I'll be happy to consider it. But I haven't seen one yet. In fact, I've seen quite the opposite. I've seen the fact that now we have this Israel study. We have other studies coming up that suggest that natural immunity, as seen in most other viruses and most other illnesses, is more effective than vaccination. We're seeing that. There's nothing real surprises me there. This guy needs to be just... Look, I'm... I'm against canceling people, but like cancel Dr. Fauci, just cancel him because I'm really sick of it. Now, and this, there, there, there's, there's, there's no reason why this man should have a platform. There's no reason why this man should be the highest. This man makes more, more than the president of the United States. And I'm not like saying that the, the, the president needs a raise. He actually needs a, a big down cut in his salary. But there's no reason why this man should be making the much money as he is right now and being able to go and do these shows the way he does them. There's no reason for it. Moving on to something else talking about COVID. And um, I got an article here from Glenn Greenwald, who is fantastic. Talked about on the show before. And there's two things I want to talk about this. One's relating to COVID. One's not. It's kind of a different thing as well. But if look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of a boomer when it comes to a lot of the things that, that, that go on in, in um, pop culture and stuff. I try to keep up with it. But honestly, most of it just kind of... Um, disgusts me and it makes me uh ugh, makes me weary for the next generation i know that's a very boomer thing to say but like good gracious there's a thing called the met gala i had no idea this was this was a thing and apparently it's a thing where a bunch of rich people go and shill and raise money for the, the museum of, of metropolitan art or something i have no idea don't don't ask me but a lot of people that i don't care about were there and a lot of people who have no idea were even there but the the biggest person that I saw there, or uh, the one that one that one that made the biggest splashes, was uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, the the representative from New York, and she made the big splash because she wore a dress that said "Tax the Rich" on it, which, of course, got a lot of the um, the lib, a lot of the liberals and socialists like yeah. Yeah, go get them. Go get them, AOC. Tax the rich. Tax those greedy corporations. Tax them. Um, and of course, you know, you know the the uh, the standard policy on this program, which is a taxation is theft, which it 100% is. So I'm not going to really talk too much about her with the uh, tax the rich thing. It is kind of funny that she went to a gala of the most wealthy people in the world to fundraise for one of the most... Um, for a pretentious art museum i i do find that completely hilarious um the photoshops coming out from this thing are pretty funny but the thing that people miss about this whole event is not the fact that she wore a cringy tax the rich dress and just you know got p- 
pictures of her and whatever. And I, I know that the obvious thing to say is taxation is theft and you can't steal from just someone else because they have more than you. Yes, we been over that. Alexander Cortez is an idiot. I'm, this is not going to this podcast will never turn into the Ben Shapiro's and the Steven Crowder's of look how stupid AOC is. Yes, we know she's not intelligent. She's not very bright. She's dumb. I'm not going to make this show become one of those things. I just wanted to mention the fact that she wore a cringy dress and the fact that she went to the, the irony of going to this event is pretty funny. But this this program will never become one of those shows because that kind of that kind of content and humor just for me completely is the biggest turnoff and just, just so so low just just so low blow. It's just such an easy easy low hanging fruit easy stupid. Not about it. I think the biggest thing that that Glenn touches on that's completely missed, completely missed from this, is the fact that, as I said previously, that right now and right now, and if you compare September's COVID numbers to it was in September 2020, they're much higher. In fact, I think I haven't checked them in a while, but they used to the the case count used to be the highest ever hospitalizations, which we know are, are completely un, 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 unreliable. And even death sometimes can be unreliable. We all know that, that these numbers are, are, are kind of screwing and kind of fudged. So we get that. But these people who, who go to these events will push these numbers and will push you know people to go and get vaccinated and whatever. And they'll say, well, follow the science and the CDC and Fauci and everybody else. These, this, that's the kind of crowd who went to this event. But, what I, but people don't miss it, and what Glenn just so elegantly touches on is the fact that even today, even in America, um, there's funerals canceled, weddings canceled, sporting events canceled, concerts canceled, movie theaters can't open in some places, right? Most of the United States is back to normal. Where I live, basically back to normal. Um, even some of like... I know. Look, I'm a big coffee snob, but even some, even some, some of the coffee shops that I go into here, who you know tend to lean more liberal, more socialist, they don't really care about you not wearing a mask when you come in. Like, like the one where I live locally, they they don't they don't care. I think that's awesome. There, there, there's some good people that go to that one as well. But most of them just don't care. And I understand that's that's a product of where we're at and a little more rural part of Georgia. But that's how, that's how most of the country is. Most of the country is back to normal. But there are some sects, though. There are some places in this country where they're not. And even, like, regardless of that, think about this. You have worse numbers than you did last year. And last year, I understand, was much worse as far as the lockdowns and the cancellation of things and how you weren't allowed to go and do anything. You weren't allowed... That, that's how it was. And we're still living under the CDC's guidelines that fully vaccinated people should still be wearing masks. And the fact that most companies still require their employees to wear masks when they went indoors. It's just, just, this, this, is, this is still a reality. But you know what you saw at this Met Gala? You saw almost all the attendees maskless, smiling, showcasing how much better they are than you. Because they have money and they were invited. They were invited to the Met Gala. You weren't invited to the gala. Look, so, so looking down upon the peasants that have to go and work at a retail store and wear a mask. Or else they'll also get fired. 
Yeah, looking down at them. Remember whenever your funeral or your wedding was canceled or your concert, if you're a band, you can't go on tour in some places? Because, or if you do tour, the the venue makes them wear masks and it's just like, what's the point? Never never understood that. I'm going to stand shoulder to shoulder in a tightly enclosed environment, but I, I got to wear a mask because that'll protect me. But no, their event didn't get canceled. The Met Gala didn't get canceled this year, even though we have worse numbers than ever before, if you want to go by those numbers. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of funny. It's almost like whenever, you know, fundraising and whenever when, whenever their financial future is on the line, they can ignore the rules, right? Yeah, they, they can ignore the rules. But if your business is about to shut down and not everybody's vaccinated, well, that'll be $14,000, please. Oh, oh, you don't you don't want to comply with that? Well, then we're going to pull your licenses and then we're going to send men, men with guns to lock you up. But the Met Gala, yeah, that's fine. But you, there's no masks being worn at this event? That, that's pretty cool. I don't see any issue with this. Do you see an issue with this, Imaginary Joe? He said no. There's no issue with this. Remember, folks, it's all about uh, it's all about AOC's dress. That's, that's, that's the biggest story out of all this. Not the fact that, you know, when it comes to their financial future and their financial concerns, they don't have to wear masks. They can smile at the camera. Oh, oh, you want to go to a theme park and you want to not wear a mask indoors? Nope, sorry, you, 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 you cannot do that. Oh, you want to go tour? Well, can't do that. Sorry, your husband just passed away and you can't go see his body because he's in a hospital in a COVID ward. Nope, nope, can't do that. The more that people see this and the more that people make the distinction that it's not a red and blue issue here, okay, folks? We're not we're not fighting over this. You have the elites, and you got the people in power, you got the big club, and then you got everybody else. And we're not in the big club. We're not invited. We're not allowed to participate in their society. You've got people right now who are being denied the basic right to leave their home in certain situations and to, to participate in basic civil society, like going to a restaurant, a gym, a movie theater, based solely upon the fact that they have undergone a medical procedure. And then you got this giant gala where they're all going to wear these $30,000 and $100,000 dresses and outfits, and they're going to go to this big event and praise on how amazing they are as people. Regardless of the fact that over the last year and a half, these are the same morons who preach to you that you were a bad person if you didn't wear a mask or if you didn't go, 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 go get this inoculation. You are a bad person if you didn't wear a mask. These are the people who, who advocated for making masks mandatory, which meant that if you didn't wear a mask, we sent men with guns after you to throw you in a cage. But whenever it's their event and, and whenever they want to look good, well, you know, I can't I can't be photographed wearing this dress with, with a mask on. That would ruin my whole outfit. Do you see the irony here in all this? Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? It's not a it's not a these these simple these stupid culture wars that we all fight over and I I get it. I I, I get the culture war. I get it. I understand it. I understand. I get it. Trust me. The, the political infighting, oh, you're a Democrat, you're, 
you're evil and a socialist. Oh, you're a Republican. Oh, you're just a Trump-loving fascist, and, and you hate, you're racist, and you hate gay people. Oh, you're the worst. That's what they want. They want this because you know what happens? I haven't seen any coverage of the fact that this was a completely maskless event where the only people that wore masks were the stupid peasants that had to sweep the floors and open the doors for these idiots. Yeah, they had to wear the masks. You and I, we had to wear the mask at this this Met Gala thing. No one talked about I haven't seen anybody talk about this. Glenn is the only article that I've seen about this. And God bless him for it. Yeah, all the, all, the, all the rich people got to walk around and not wear a mask. But, oh, you're fully vaccinated and you're an event coordinator or you're a janitor at this event? Sorry, buddy, you got to cover your face because, you know, it's the science. Because rich people, they can't spread the virus. Are you seeing it now? Rules for thee, but not for me. This is this is this is this is the war we're in here. This is this is this is the fight. It's the look, it's it's us and then it's the club. And the club wants us just to keep fighting and infighting over stupid stuff that really doesn't really matter. In 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 the long run. We have more we have a common enemy, and as long as they can keep us fighting and ignore the common enemy, they'll always win. And this is, this is a perfect example of that. So elegantly put. I will link the article below. And you can read the whole thing. It's excellent. If it's behind the paywall, I'm sorry. I know that Glenn um, has a substack that he charges for. But look, it's it's like five bucks a month, man. Um, seriously. you have. Would you rather give Glenn Greenwell five dollars a month or the New York Times? So there, there's your pick. Last thing I want to talk about briefly and I know I'm. I, this might be might be not might not be a longer episode, but um, last thing I want to talk about was this whole General Miley thing. So for those of you who don't, who don't know, and I caught a couple of the news, um, and Bob Woodward's book called Peril. Uh, there was a there was something that came out of that book where General Mark Miley, who was one of the top brass top top generals in the, in the Trump administration, made a phone call. To his Chinese counterpart, which would be whatever general. I don't know the Chinese government structure, but I made a phone call to him basically um, basically saying that, hey, if the United States attacks, then we're going to um, so warn you guys. You know, I'll let you guys know if Trump goes off the rails because of the whole January 6th thing and basically told the Chinese military that if we were going to attack, we'll let you guys know completely undercutting the United States president. Now, when I talk about the story, I'm not, I'm not just keep, please keep in mind that when I talk about certain stories, like stories like this, I'm not, I'm not advocating and I'm not endorsing the current structure of the United States government. I'm just reporting this as it is and, and calling balls and strikes based on the circumstances that are in play. If that makes any sense. But what you have right now is you have a general who warned a foreign power saying that, hey, if something if something goes down here, I'm letting you guys know. Man, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know, guys. That's pretty bad. 
He told them that the he told them that that the Chinese believed the United States was was preparing an attack, and he told them that they were not. It's basically what happened. Oof. So I'm gonna put this into context for you guys. Um, if everything that's true, and if a top brass general told a foreign state an enemy of the United States, which which China is apparent apparently is according to according to everybody that I talked to, it's 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 the worst enemy ever. And then before 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 it was Russia, but now it's China. Whatever. If if we are led to believe that a member of the United States military told the Chinese military, uh, ahead of the Chinese military, that we're going to tip you off in case of an attack. Um, tipping somebody off on the case of attack is um, aiding, aiding and abetting. And if you remember correctly from, from social studies and from your American government class in uh, school, that that's called treason. And treason is punishable by death in the United States. So if I were to, I'll put, I'll put this in, in a different context for you. Let's just say that a general under the Biden administration called a general of Russia and said, hey, we get this old senile guy here. He's really, really old and probably doesn't know where he's at. There's a good chance that this dude could think that um, he was answering the telephone when actually he was launching nuclear missiles because this guy is old. He's decrepit. I don't like him as president. So if that were to happen, I'm going to tip you guys off. If 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 Biden were to say, hey, we're going to do a land war or some kind of uh, military strike on Russian soil or against Russian citizens, I'm going to call you in and let you guys know. Now, do you think that would probably be met with 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 a great um, praise? Well, no, of course not. Of course not. That would be that'd be undercutting the president and that would be treasonous. But, you, you know, whenever this whole thing broke, there were people who came out and said that General Miley's a hero because he tried to save lives. Because, you know, Trump should have been 25th Amendmented. And he was unfit, so he, so he was doing the right thing to protect, to protect lives. Okay, fine. Believe whatever you want. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you exactly what happened. You can still have that opinion about Trump and thinking he's a bumbling buffoon and an, an idiot. And I can, uh, ah, look, so I can largely understand most people's arguments about it, besides the ones that, you know, he's this, um, you know, it's a baby Hitler, or he's this fascist. Look, the fact that you, the fact that you think that fascism is just now here in America because Donald Trump got elected proves to me that you don't know what fascism is and that you wouldn't know one if, if one slapped you in the face. Look, we've had fascist um, policy and fascism in this country. Just go look at FDR, man. Uh, you don't. You don't. The man. The man locked an entire race of people based solely upon their race into internment camps, um, because of where they were born. As a, that, that sounds great, doesn't it? Oh man, that that happened under the great FDR. But we have a, a general who completely undercut the president. Now feel however you want about Trump, as, as I said before, but just think about that for a second. If the roles were reversed, if a if, if someone did this to Obama and tipped off and tipped off, um, I don't know, Russia, China, uh, uh, North Korea, I don't care who, whoever, do you think that they'd be around very long? Do you think that do you think that the, that the media would have turned on them and said that you you were undercutting a president and you were endangering the lives of, of U.S. citizens? Because you because if you tip somebody off, 
then you get that military ready to strike and ready to counter whatever you got. So you're putting American lives at, at risk. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to. I try to understand both sides of an argument. Like I really, really do. I try to look at things through the through the eyes of of someone who hates Trump with a passion. I try. I try to get it. I, I try to. Like I, I honestly do, because it's the best way to make arguments against it. If you understand the other side of a position, then you can make arguments against it. This one, I I, I can't. I, I honestly can't. If you think it's okay to tip off a foreign enemy. And endanger the lives of Americans, which, 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 of course, you hold so dear because you're trying to, you know, you know, some mud democracy and everything else that, you know, democracy ruled. And they thought that that Trump was going to go rogue or go insane after the fact that he lost the election. And then, of course, everything that happened with the January 6th, um, you know, fiasco in Washington, D.C. I, I, I don't I, I, I don't get it. I, I really, really don't. I don't get how someone comes away from this and says, yeah, Molly's a hero for this. I, I, I don't I don't understand it. This this is one of the most baffling things. And you had, of course, these Trump, you know, reply guys saying that this was the right move because Trump shouldn't even have been in office and that we need to um, undercut this press as much as possible and furthering the argument for for in Trump's defense on all this. One of the big things that Trump and Trump supporters came out and said over the course of, of, of his presidency was that there was this deep state, right? There's these people in government who are there and they are so and that their purpose there is to undercut him and to get him out and to make him as ineffective as a leader as possible. Well, what's this? Right. They, they said this is, this is deep state working against Donald Trump and everyone called people conspiracy theorists and everybody who really knows what's going on in this world was like, yeah, of course, there's a deep state. And they and they 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 work for those who don't and they work and they work against for those who they, who they don't want. This is this is nothing new when it comes to the government, nothing new when it comes to the, when it comes to the U.S. federal government. Of course, there's people that will work for and work against. None of this is new. We, we've, we've known all about this. And now we have evidence of a general, a top brass, undercutting a U.S. president. And now you're going to sit there and say, oh, well, definitely, definitely, there's, there's no deep state. There's no one working against President Trump in this situation. No, none at all. You can't. It's over. It's done. You've th you have shown your cards. We know what you're holding. There definitely was people working against Donald Trump. And I, look, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the, of, of the dude, but there was. You, you can't sit there and still hold that position. It's over. It's done. They, they came out and admitted it now. And now you have all the Biden people like, you know, Anthony Blinken and um, Secretary Lord Austin saying that he was doing... He did the right thing in this situation. I would have done the same. What, what, what the crap ever with these people. They're all criminals, man. All this is. I try to end this show on a, on a good note. And maybe this is a good note. Maybe this, maybe this further confirms 
the suspicions that we had about the federal government under under Trump and that there, there really, I mean there, there there really was people working against him, and you know if this is just one, so one of the events that happened, then there's possibly a lot more. That's definitely possible. In fact, I, I I would dare to say that it was incredibly possible. In fact, almost plausible. I would a hundred percent say that. The, the federal government's a weird thing, man. It, it's, it's, it's weird that you would see people who, under normal circumstances, would say that, hey, this is treasonous, this is wrong, this should not happen, this is not how the government's supposed to work, because you know these are people that actually believe the government can work and they believe the government should work, and that they, they, they trust in this system that they've been taught ever since they were in kindergarten. They were taught this whole system. Which I also have to come at when I when I talk to people, like there's many times that I'll bring up issue of you know natural rights and guns and drugs and all that kind of stuff, and many many blue pilled people don't understand these things and they and they believe in this system, and these people I guess do believe in the system that are calling Miley a hero, but. I firmly believe that a lot of these people who still hate Trump and they still this hatred like this, like the man's been gone for I don't know how many months now, but people still, if you go on Twitter, still have these hashtag resistance, hashtag, you know, Trump and the, the never Trump people like, like he's gone. He's not coming back. These people were activated and these people came into this came politically aware because they hated Trump so much. They're not interested in politics. They're not interested in making in making change in this world. They they just hated Trump. They just want to Trump out. And every time this that Trump comes back into off come back into the news, they get they get they get, they get reactivated in their hatred for him. Yeah. That's their political position. They're not they're not they're not they're not Republican or Democrat. They're just anti-Trump. And you see this on both sides. You see this, I mean, obviously obviously more so with the Democrats, but even some Republicans, like, you know, the Liz Cheney's of the world and the Medic and the Meghan McCain's of the world, who are not exactly great, you know, <laughs> role models and examples to follow, but, it, but it's honestly what you see in this situation. You see this kind of action. They don't really... They're not really like on his side. They're just against Trump. That's why they voted for Biden. And I think that now that people see on the the wonderful success of the Biden campaign so far, or the Biden administration, excuse me, that they're uh, changing their mind. They're like, hmm, maybe I was mad at Trump because he was bombastic and rude and vulgar and unorthodox. Maybe I was mad at that and not actually the policies that, that he implemented. And this is by no way, you know, advocating for what he did or anything or or acknowledge or not um, anything like that about Trump. I'm just saying that the, the average person who who was who who was told on how evil Trump was and was told how you had to hate Trump, and that if you didn't, you were some kind of racist. And a lot of people bought into that, but now they're like, man, things weren't so bad under Trump. <laughs> That's going through a lot of people's heads right now, and I look. I get it. I understand it. I'm learning more and more to see the world through a blue pill's eyes. Because I mean, look, at one point I was just like them. So after after you, after you have, 
I do have to remember these things. That at one point we all were blue pilled. If you're the red look, if you're a red pilled person out there listening to the show, I, I don't think anybody is truly born um in this into this world and, and is raised to 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 think the way that we think on this show to reject the narrative that we were given at birth and through school that that the government works for us and that uh and that you know democracy is this great wonderful thing that's worth dying for and america is is america as a nation is worth going and dying for and 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 these these things are sacred. The flag is sacred. These things are sacred. These sacred objects. Definitely not a religious thing, and definitely not you know hero worship or anything like that. Definitely not. You know, if you were to if you were to go into a, a classroom and you were to find um, this, if you were to find portraits of every single Microsoft or Apple CEO hanging up on on the wall, you'd be like, oh wow, that's that's kind of weird. Why are we celebrating the why are we celebrating these people? But if you have presidents and people of government, you're told, oh, wow, these, these are great noble men who sacrificed their lives and their time for public service. And they should be acknowledged and they should be they should be admired for all generations. We're told that as kids, but definitely if you were to have posters and portraits hung high for all to see and admire of business leaders or. Or anybody else, you would be like, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. That's, that's kind of goofy. This is the culture that we've established. And that's what, that, that's what we have. I have to remember sometimes to look at the world differently and look at it through the lens of somebody who believes these things. It's not easy and it sucks. I get it. But that's where we're at, and I think as libertarians, I think as 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 anarchists, that sometimes we have to do that. And it, I, for for me, it's really helpful because it kind of helps, it helps me diffuse situations, and it helps me kind of walk away from from arguments that I know are just gonna go go nowhere. Like that's why that's why I don't really get into Twitter battles much anymore because it's like you know, there's no point in talking to this person, like if. If I'm going to talk to them, I'm going to make fun of them or I'm going to slam dunk on them. Because this, this person doesn't care about me. This person will never meet me. This person will never um, have any sort of interaction with me ever. And if it would, it would not be positive based solely upon my political views. So it's not exactly a person that I am going to invest time in that is going to, frankly, listen to anything that I have to say. So I'm not going to waste my time with them. I, I'm really not. Um, I, I had fun with one person while I was sick with COVID about the vaccine, but... Honestly, I, I just I just don't care anymore based because of this reason. Um, guys like, you know, Michael Mallison, um, um, Ace on Twitter who fight these people and who are, who are in the trenches, man. God, God bless you both because you guys have you, you guys have, have a lot more patience than I do because I would just pull my hair off. I had to um, go toe to toe with some of these people. Not that I can't. I, I It's just it's just weary. It's just like you're talking. What's the, what's the saying? I forget who said it, but it's like it's trying to argue with a dumb person or whatever. You can't ever win. You can't win an argument with a, with a dumb person or something like that. So, yeah. That's going to be the show. Um, I know I rambled there towards the last 10 minutes, but I got a full hour of that. How about that? 
Um, that's pretty cool. So let's give up the show episode of 110 of the Standing Brothers Show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Check out all the links down below. Check out check out the, the Libertarian Party of Spalding County's page. I'll, I found it, so I'll be sure to link that down below. Go ahead and check us out. And uh, be sure to check back here on Monday. We've got a new episode. Um, Joe, the Joe show is on pause right now. Joe's got some things going on, but I think he's going to bring that back soon. So be on the lookout for that. But man, uh, I am excited for, I'm look, I'm, I'm genuinely excited for, what, for what's going to be going on with the Libertarian party here in the state of Georgia. And even though I don't really believe in government, even though the Libertarian party does send candidates to run, um, I'm using this opportunity to, to, to spread the message of liberty because even though I would not – like I do class myself – I do classify myself as, as a libertarian. I do lean more towards into the um, ANCAP side of the philosophy and the more of, of the, the um, Mises and the um, um, some Murray Rothbard side of the philosophy. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to try to reach other people into this. Um I'm big into I'm big into the Liberty Movement with what uh, Magnus Pambidia has been doing. The guy's awesome. Uh, and I'm sure if I were to talk to Magnus that we would disagree on a lot of things, but that's okay because we have we understand the common enemy and we understand the the enemy is the state and we can work together on that. Same thing with I think here in Georgia. If I can talk to a Republican, someone who's a little more liberal, someone who's an atheist, or someone who's this and who's that, but we understand who the common enemy is, we can work together on that. So I think that's the message that I'm going to be sending to this. Um, even though necessarily I I I'm not opposed to sending someone into government and sending someone to run i think that there is as i've said on previous episodes that we don't really have the luxury to pick and choose and be picky about the way that we attack the state we have to go at it from all facets so i think there are some people who are suited to run for government positions and who are suited to assume those positions and serve as kind of i don't know like 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 a ron swanson kind of situation i know that's a kind of a a, a comical way to go about it but i'm being serious when i say that that's a that's an option, and I think that there's some some people who are ready for that. Some people are not for government. I don't think I could ever do it. Um, I think I would. I I I think it'd be a lot of self harm involved if I had to go to government, because uh, I I I just couldn't do it. Um, that people 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 have asked me and suggested that I do it something here local. I just don't know if I could do it. I, I'd be terrible. I'd be fired. I'd be impeached, <laughs> um, so quickly. I'd be um I'd be like Gavin Newsom. I'd be I'd be I'd be like um taken out of office. So. But uh, look, we don't have the we don't have, we don't have the luxury of picking and choosing. We got to go all facets at this. This is this this is one way of doing at it. That's what that's what this show is 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 going at, going at it from that way. And if we can just look, if I can convince one person my in my lifetime to reject the state and to and to strive for liberty and strive for freedom, then I think this show has 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 been a success. I know for a fact that I've done more than one person on that, so I, I consider this show a success. I mean, we're not going to be the most popular show ever, you know. If this show doesn't leave Spalding County, um, so Georgia, but I'm able to convince, you know, just that one person to to liberty, it's been all worth it, because that's how important this is in America these days. But that's good to share, everybody. Go check out the links down below. Follow me on Twitter. And I will catch you all on Monday. Take it easy. Have a great weekend. Go do something awesome. And all you guys do is we go over the right.